0: and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses
1: a HEPA-14 filter. That's GetPuroAir.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Hello everyone and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting
0: Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. This week, I'm going to talk about aggression in kids from toddlerhood through the elementary school years, what is normal, what is not, and some ideas on ways to handle aggressive behavior when you see it. But first, I learned an interesting statistic just the other day, that I thought would be good to share since Valentine's Day just passed. And that is, a full 70% of parents of kids under two go out on a date at most once a month. Now, I don't think once a month sounds that terrible. I mean, once every couple of weeks would be nice, but once a month isn't bad. But for any parents like my husband and myself, with really no family support around, once a month is pretty good. But I remember going six months or more without any time out together. So if you are like we were, and it's months between dates and some much-needed alone time, or if you're a single parent, you need some time out with friends or to pamper yourself even more than dual-parent households. So I'm here to urge you all to make it a priority soon and take some time away. Get a sitter. Get a friend to swap sitting duties. If you have a local relative, take them up on their offer and get some time away together or away with your friends. You deserve it. Okay, so back to the main topic this week kids and aggression. I get parents asking questions about this a lot and how to handle it, so I thought it would be a good topic to cover. When it comes to aggressive behavior, aggression in toddlerhood is very normal. One year, even a little younger, up through four and even five, grabbing toys, hitting, biting, kicking, and or pinching. This doesn't mean it's acceptable. It just means that it is a normal way of behaving and of trying to get their needs met. After I give a little more background on aggressive behavior in kids, then I'll share what you can do when you see it to teach better ways of interacting. So as I said, this physical aggressive behavior is normal up to and including age four and even into five. Because kids this age do not yet have the tools to resolve conflict in more mature ways. There are many reasons for this. First, their logical brains are still developing, so they're more reactionary. If you've taken the tantrums class on the website at yourvillageonline.com, then you already know about this brain development piece I'm about to share. There are two parts to the brain, the limbic brain, or primitive part of our brain, and the neocortex, the logical, more developed part of the brain. The limbic brain is the part in charge of things like the fight or flight and other survival-related instincts. The neocortex holds such functions as language, problem-solving, goals, planning, and the like. Toddlers' neocortex is in the very early stages of development, and so they don't have nearly as much in the way of a logical brain function to draw on as adults or even older children, and so they react using their limbic brain, and this is why you see grabbing, hitting, and these types of behaviors often in this stage, including the reactionary tantrums. In the same vein, related to the development of the neocortex, the language center of the brain in the neocortex is just starting to come on board, and therefore they do not have the words and language skills that are needed to resolve conflict. As an interesting note, the neocortex does not finish developing until around age 25. The last pieces to fully develop have to do with problem solving, planning, goal setting, what we call executive function. So this is why, while teens can look physically like adults, they really are not, and why they may do things and make decisions that completely baffle adults at times. But back to toddlers and their physical aggression. The last important piece to understand is that empathy, the ability to put ourselves in another's place, only begins developing at around age three and isn't complete until age nine. These early years, toddler and preschool years from one and a half through four, there is a lot of social emotional development going on. It is the foundation for their future growth as students and people. It needs to be in place before they can move on to being good citizens and students. This is why all child development experts are very set against the academic-based preschools, not against kids learning academic concepts, but the sitting for learning, listening to lectures, filling out worksheets, and memorizing facts. These are the things that the child development experts, like myself, are not on board with. These are the years the kids need to be engaged in creative play. Creative and imaginative play is the best thing for children's development in every area. They need to learn to problem solve, conflict resolution, negotiation, friendship, along with cognitive and physical development. These skills will give them the foundation they need to excel in elementary school, and beyond. They will arrive ripe and ready to learn the academics. Studies show these kids do far better in school than those who are pushed into academics too early. If you're interested to learn more about this, you can see the class on choosing a preschool on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the education tab. Now, these developmentally-based, play-based schools understand that this physical aggression is a normal part of development at these ages, and their teachers and staff are trained and equipped to handle kids when they act out aggressively, and to coach them and help them develop more acceptable and appropriate social skills. If you ever have an issue with your child at school, and they're telling you your child is too aggressive or keeps hurting other kids and even threatens suspension— then this school is not a developmentally based school. I strongly recommend finding a different school if you're having issues with this. This is not a bad kid or even an abnormal kid. Yes, some kids are more aggressive and physical than others, and those that are can get pointed out as the bad kid in schools that are not equipped to handle this developmentally appropriate behavior. It is helpful if the parent works on the behavior at home to the best of their ability, But if there's no sibling at home or a neighbor friend where the child gets to practice and the parent can coach from home and work on the skills, then there's not a lot parents can do. When it happens at school, it needs to be dealt with at school. And I don't mean by punishment, but by coaching and teaching. There's not much a parent can do when Johnny punched Charlie at school five hours earlier. Coaching at home or even a consequence won't do much five hours after the fact, especially when kids are so young, they're not going to connect it. What you can do with your child when you see an aggressive incident, he grabs a toy from another child at the park or hits a friend when she's over for a play date. When your child hurts another child by hitting, pinching, kicking, etc. The first thing you want to do is give attention to the victim without going overboard. So here are a couple of examples. If the child has hit, kicked, etc. To the victim, you say, are you okay? If someone grabbed a toy, I know you were happy playing with that toy. Would you like it back? The reason we don't want to overdo it with the victim is that we don't want to instill a victim mentality by showing kids they get tons of attention when they've been hurt or wronged. Oh, you poor thing, that must have hurt so much. Here, let me give you big hugs and kisses. Come snuggle with me on my lap. That's going a bit overboard, but you get the idea. If either the child who got hurt or the child who did the hurting, or even a child just watching this take place, sees how much attention it gets, he or she could start to embellish how much they're hurt in the future to get attention and or also to try to get the other child in bigger trouble. Once you give a little attention, acknowledgement to the child who is hurt or wronged, then you give a consequence to the perpetrator. You could say something like, we don't grab toys, you need to give the toy back right now and come sit out for a few minutes. Or, we don't hit, kick, punch, or whatever. You need to come sit out with me until you calm down and find a better way to let your friends know when you are upset. Then you want to coach. The reason for pulling the child aside is not as a time out or a punishment. It's really meant for two things. One is it's a logical consequence. If a child can't behave properly in that moment, in that play, in that setting, they need time to calm down, and it's only fair that the kids who are playing nicely are able to do so without someone hurting them and or disrupting the play that they're enjoying with some kind of an outburst. Second, it's meant to offer an opportunity for coaching, which is the most important piece of helping kids make better choices going forward. So before you start coaching, you want to make sure the offending child is calm. Just like adults, kids aren't ready to listen when they're still angry, upset, or frustrated. So if the child needs a few minutes to calm down first, then allow that to happen before you launch into the coaching. These later years of childhood have been flying by. As a mom, I want to not just be available to my kids during these last years they have at home, but I wanna feel good and have the energy I need to keep up with their schedule and my own. So my health is a top priority. Equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and body back into harmony. You're not alone on your wellness journey. Every customer gets one-on-one support to help you meet your goals. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. A healthy gut positively impacts immunity, mental health, sleep, digestion, and skin health. It helps regulate digestion, immunity against bad bacteria, and improve nutrient absorption. The gut has been called the second brain because it contains more than 100 million nerve cells. It is a vitally important piece to our overall health, both physical and mental. So to make sure my gut is working at its potential, I started taking EQ's daily women's microbiome defense to improve my digestion and nutrition absorption, boost my overall immune health, and help with sleep and stress as a bonus. Head to myeq.com and use code parenting for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code parenting at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Now, coaching a child through an incident has several steps. First is getting the child's perspective on what happened. This allows the child to feel heard and then be ready to listen. Next, ask the child what he or she did that was not the best choice. So let's say your toddler grabbed a toy from another child in the sandbox and the initial conversation went like this. What happened just now? I really wanted the truck. He was taking a long time. I asked for a turn and he said no. Then you would ask, so then what did you do when he said no? And many times kids will just say, I don't know, because they don't want to admit to grabbing when they know it wasn't the best choice. Try to get your child to divulge the information if you can, but without pushing too hard. So you could say something like, when you wanted the truck and he said no, what did you do to try to get it from him? If your child still won't admit to grabbing, you can say it for him or her. If he does admit to the grabbing, give positive recognition. Thank you for telling me the truth. That's very important. Or for children who are old enough to understand, you could say, thank you for taking responsibility. That's very important. The next step in coaching is to coach the child on what the other child may have felt. This helps to build and develop the empathy piece. Empathy is the ability to understand another's feelings. It's just starting to develop around age three and isn't complete until nine. So be patient with this process. Of course, if not given the opportunity it can be lacking for life. And I'm sure we all know at least one adult person whose sense of empathy is rather lacking. So this is something that does need to be developed and taught to some degree. But just like about everything else, it comes more naturally to some than others. So to coach empathy, you would say something like, how would you feel if you were building a castle with the truck and then someone just grabbed it from you? How do you think that boy felt when you did that to him? Next, you want to coach your child on what he or she could have done better, what they could do next time, rather than hitting, grabbing, kicking, or whatever it is that they just did. The next time you really want a toy and someone else is using it, what are you going to do? Like I mentioned in the first step, the thing to remember with each step of coaching is to give your child an opportunity to answer each of the questions for him or herself as much as possible. With some gentle encouragement, but not to the point of pushing. Something like pushing would be, I think you know what you did. You need to tell me right now. If your child can't come up with the answer on his or her own, it's okay to help. Over time, and actually pretty quickly, your child will be able to answer. Even though your child may still be acting in ways that you're not pleased with, this is a good sign that your lessons are getting in and that putting them to practice is soon to follow. Once they're able to answer these questions easily on their own, soon they start using them. They're very intermittent at first, but soon they become more and more frequent. Now, just to reiterate, there are four steps to coaching. First, listen to your child's experience. Two, ask what he or she did that wasn't the best choice if they didn't already share it in step one. Three, coach empathy. And four, coach better choices for next time. So this next tip is important for all kids, but with kids who really struggle with aggression, it is even more important, and that is to limit screen time. My thesis in graduate school was about the effects of media on kids ages 5 and under, so I have a lot of knowledge in this area in particular. In my research, I found that screen time has a nominal effect on cognitive development, a significant effect on behavioral development, for children ages zero to three, and a moderate effect on social development for children who have been exposed to an average of two hours or more a day for prolonged time periods. Now, what does that mean? Well, for the purpose of this episode, since I'm focusing on behavior and social interactions, it was shown that screen time and television viewing has a negative impact on behavior and social development during these ages between two and five, basically the preschool years, Social development, how we interact with our peers, how we play and get along with others is the main area of development. If things interfere with that during these years, it can leave kids at a disadvantage. In addition, these effects actually follow kids into elementary school and even beyond. So if they've been having too much exposure to screen time and it's affected their social development and behavior, it continues to give them issues later on throughout school. Now, what these studies found was that kids who have prolonged exposure, meaning they watch TV two hours a day or more, several times a week over this two- to three-year time span during the toddler years, they had a much greater chance of behavior and lower social skills even well into elementary school years. They also found that the more exposure at ages one and three also had a positive correlation with attention problems later. So these effects were found to be long lasting, not just during the time period of exposure. So it's really important to limit screen time as much as possible, especially in these early years. There are two sets of guidelines the AAP or American Academy of Pediatrics, as well as zero to three. Zero to three has much stricter guidelines, but I'm not going to cover those right now. If you want to know more about those, you can go back and listen to the episode on media guidelines, episode number seven, or for more in-depth information, including not just guidelines, but also how to set house rules around media and solutions for battles over media and technology, you can see the class on Kids and Media on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the Modern Parenting tab. But here, I'll just share the AAP guidelines, which are less stringent than those from 0to3.org. The AAP recommends no screen time at all for children under two. This means any screens, tablets, phones, TV, computers, except for the rare Skype or FaceTime with relatives who live far away or away on business. For ages two to three, the AAP recommends two hours a day max, and it must be quality. By this, they mean educational content, things that are found on PBS and the like, Sesame Street, Blue's Clues, Dora, that type of thing. For three and over, two hours max of screen time. But they say at this age, it doesn't have to be limited to educational. Now, I think these recommendations are lax considering the findings that two or more hours a day can lead to behavioral issues and social skills deficits for kids in the age ranges of three to five. Now, tablet usage has also been found to cause detriments in fine motor skill for kids entering kindergarten. And I'm getting a little off topic here about aggression, but I think it's important to point out So just think that any time a child is spending in front of a screen, whether it's educational or not, is time spent not using their imaginations, developing fine and gross motor, cognitive, and social skills, and that the main job of children up through age seven is to play and learn through play. So if you keep these things in mind, then a little downtime can be nice for everyone, but too much will interfere or take away time from other growth-related activities and tasks, and that can help be a reminder of the importance of keeping screen time in a better balance. Another great tool for curbing aggressive behavior is positive reinforcement. I talk about this a lot in previous episodes and in the discipline classes on the website, but this is basically just giving your child attention when he or she makes a good choice, when he uses his words instead of hitting, or asks for a turn instead of grabbing. You would say, you asked for a turn, that's being a good friend. Or you asked for a turn, that's being very cooperative. It tells the child what you want to see, so it solidifies that for them. It also gives them attention for doing something good, rather than only when they do something negative. Now, if you have any questions about aggression or any other parenting question you'd like answered, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.